0: You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, with all of the food episodes we have done, how have we not done best bread? It is the most basic of all human foods. It is the reason for civilization to exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we love a bread. We're carb positive here. Oh, man, I'm trying so hard not to eat carbs right now. But talking about bread for an entire episode is going to make me run directly to the bakery after this. Do you remember last episode when we were talking
1: about pasta sauces and mm-hmm. Jennifer had been cooking spaghetti and I could smell oh, it? As I was so as we jealous. As soon as as soon as that happened, I was checked out. I was no longer interested <laughs> in recording anything. Not that I don't enjoy our time together. I was just really hungry. So I went out and grabbed what was left and put it
0: in a bowl and just ate it like an animal. Can you horse spaghetti? Is that possible? Or do you wind up like I'm picturing the image in my head is a horse with actual spaghetti in its oat bag. And I got to tell you, it is adorable.
1: I'll just say as a warning to everybody out there, if you're going to eat pasta and if you're eating it so fast, you can feel the strands tickling your esophagus before you chew them. You should slow down. That's a
0: pro maneuver. And I, even I don't like when I do it. You have, you have eaten spaghetti so fast that a full noodle Will go all like like it goes. It makes its way in full noodle form all the way to your stomach. So then, as it's going into your stomach, it's like Gollum with the ring or the Terminator hand giving the thumbs up as it (laughs) slowly descends. That's
1: right. That's exactly what it is. You you nailed it. (laughs) I turned Uh, every spaghetti strand into a Terminator arm in my stomach.
0: (laughs) Ah. Well, let's talk bread, my friend. Yeah. First of all, how do we want to approach this category? Do we want to set some sort of limits on what we are considering bread? Because yeah, I mean,
1: like pizza's bread, technically bagels are bread, but we're, a bagel is a different entity. I think we're talking about a bread that you would have in like a loaf or slice form or, mm-hmm. or a. I would take a roll, right? Okay.
0: Like, well, a, like I was, a yeast roll. That would be bread. That would be bread. I, mean, I was yeah. the distinction I was going to propose was we use the leavening agent as what determines whether or not something is bread for the case of this. Oh, so no matzah. Well, <laughs> yes, no matzah, no wandering in the desert.
1: But it is bread. That is bread. It it's more of a cracker. Matzah is more of a
0: cracker. That's true. Well, you, my point was that uh, you've got breads that are leavened with yeast. Mm. And breads that are leavened with chemical leavening. And the chemical leavening would be soda bread and biscuits and, yeah. to some extent, I guess, cornbread. I don't know if there's a – you put baking soda in cornbread or if it's just, as my mother makes it, corn, water, and butter. And right. Yeah, like just yeah, the like most basic. Meal. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's got to be so, – there's something in it that leavens. It. It's got to be baking soda or something, right?
1: Yes. I don't think there's yeast in there because you don't have to proof it.
0: But do we want to limit this to yeast-based breads?
1: Think, or do you want to keep biscuits, uh, you want to keep I biscuits think, on the list? I think cornbread is a cake.
0: I think you're
2: it's a, a Greek? Cake. What? I think you're a cake. You're a cake.
1: Mm. Want a slice? <laughs> yes. A <laughs> slice of this? Is that what you want?
0: I don't know. Is it cornbread? Cause I do like cornbread. I'm very corny. Yeah. Boo. But there's, there's a, I a, retire. Um, There's an argument to be made that the best bread is going to be something that can make a sandwich, which is going to preclude your zucchini breads and banana breads. And to that extent, I think, cornbread. See, those to me, a banana bread is a cake. Mm -hmm. I know we
1: call it a bread, but again, that's something you can make from scratch with no
0: yeast. Yeah, it's a baking soda as a leavening. But then soda bread, that is a bread. Soda bread is a bread, but soda bread is, uh, it uses, uh, baking soda. But banana By its bread very is, name.
1: Banana bread is like carrot cake to me. You put it in a dish. Yeah. You put it in like a, in like a loaf pan. Mm-hmm. Or the same, that would be like saying, well, a lemon cake is bread because it's similar to, we call it banana bread and yet it's, and yet it's a lemon cake or a lemon
0: loaf. Yeah. This I would is like, uh, when, a loaf. It's a, this loaf. is like when everything was getting cut into and was a cake on the internet. That's mm-hmm. still remember happening. This? is it really
1: happening and it can't
0: be more disturbing
1: because look, I, I get the I, i'm amazed by it i'm amazed at people who are able to make cakes that look like actual objects but when it looks like a dog yeah and like they like real dog the eye like Oof. i don't want to i don't i I, <laughs> I i never part of the anticipation is like why are they taking a knife to that shoe why are they taking <laughs> a knife to a can of Coca-Cola? Not, why is that dog who's just trying to rest about to have a knife taken? to
0: Yeah. It? Why are they taking a knife to a living thing? I don't, come want on, that. guys. Yeah. No. I didn't, ask I, yeah. That. I want, if I'm going to get something from a bakery, the elves in that bakery will be Keebler elves. They mm-hmm. won't be Weta Workshop elves mm-hmm. from New Zealand creating incredible mm-hmm. special effects.
1: Yeah. That's exactly right.
0: I, I don't want that, but yeah. Lo- so just because something is a loaf doesn't make yeah. it bread yeah i think that and i think that we're going to i mean it's it's worth talking about all of them because why not we're here to talk about bread let's talk about bread we love let's talk about the non-contenders in this battle that we love that we know are not going anywhere i'm talking to you great big mcdonald's biscuit full of bacon egg and cheese in the morning
1: <laughs> but that's a sandwich right and it's i'm not talking not to gym. you
0: mcgriddle i had popeyes today for lunch oh i love me that did you get that big chicken sandwich
1: no, I, I've i had it before. I, well, I've had the spicy chicken sandwich a few times. Yeah. I like the spicy chicken sandwich. I just got some tenders, but it came with one of their biscuits, which is basically like powdered butter. Oh, yeah. That they've compacted oh, into a disc.
0: Yeah, they're really, those biscuits are not risen. They don't, I don't think they have any baking soda in them. They're just like little flat hockey pucks of butter that are really delightful, I must say. Oh, they're risen indeed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I had two of them, but they don't, they they do, they're a lot denser. They don't feel, yeah. they don't have that flaking like a good buttermilk biscuit that's flaky. Oh, uh, that's that's a really that's a joy. But again, that's not bread like that is a roll, right? That's rolls and biscuits.
0: Well, that's biscuit but rolls and biscuits are different. I mean, the big thing, I think, yeah. is the ingredient being the four ingredients of a bread are water, flour, salt and leavening. Now, the flour can vary and the uh, leavening can vary. Yeah. And I think those are going to be our determining factors, at least as far as deciding what we're going to be talking about as bread. Have you ever made bread from scratch? Yes. As many people during the pandemic did, I made bread from scratch with the one bag of bread flour that was sitting on the shelf at Target in a completely empty shelf. And I looked and I thought to myself, this is like this must have been what it felt like if you walked into a toy store when Tickle Me Elmo first came out and you happened to look at the shelf and there was one sitting there. I thought to myself, why is this here? Is there something wrong with this particular bag of flour? I'm going to buy it. So I bought it. I bought yeast. I, uh, and I made a few different batches because I wanted that, you know, that experience of making yeast breads. I tried making pan bread mm-hmm. and I tried making hearth bread. And we can go into the differences of those in a minute. But I was fairly successful. More successful, you know, the more I made, the more successful I got. Sure. You have to do it once mm-hmm. to be able to do it right ever. Yeah, You have to start somewhere.
1: Have you made bread before? I have, I have a bread machine, so I've not done the mix. I would like to do like a sourdough, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I have the patience to do a starter and all that stuff, but I would love to make roll, like make a loaf of bread, let it proof. Mm-hmm. I expanded in dessert baking more than I did bread baking, but bread machines are incredible in terms of, yeah. I don't know if you've used one before, but uh, no. you have a guide that tells you how much of everything to put in. Mm-hmm. And then you put everything in and close it and start. And it does everything. It does the kneading. It does the mixing. Really? So you don't have to. It takes the human error out of it. And then you don't have to there, do any
0: mixing to begin with before you put
1: it in. No. And from there, you can customize it. So you can that's put like everything a, in and put some sesame seeds in there. And you have white bread with sesame seeds.
0: That's like a or, straight up Jetsons invention. Like I is. pour this powders and this water. And then a few hours later, I open it up and there's bread. That is what it feels like. And it is it is fantastic bread.
1: The drawback is, and I'm sure you found this in the bread that you made, mm-hmm. is when you make it fresh, you're not putting any of the preservative chemicals that a lot of companies will put in their bread. So it's, it's less shelf stable in that it, it doesn't last as long. But frankly, you're not you know homemade bread's not going to last that long yeah. anyway.
0: No, you're it. supposed to eat it all. Besides, look, mine does because I have that one shelf in my cabinet that I call the lab. It's all just powders that are <laughs> super all those things that you can't pronounce on the back of the box. I got a whole shelf of those. Oh wow. You got, you make it no, yourself? No, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got I'm I'm over here. Some people cook meth in a van. I'm outside cooking uh citric acid-based preservatives. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the bread making machine because I want to go back in time. Mm-hmm. I'd like to start with the bread machine and work our way backwards to what I think is a strong contender for the best bread. Mm. So mid 20th century or so, you get, you get your bread machine. Early 20th century, you get the advent of sliced bread. Mid 1800s, Fleischmann's invents active dry yeast. So all of these different milestones in bread are really only about 150 years old or so up until around 1850. It was just sort of seen as magic that certain yeast would make bread and they didn't know why. And until Pasteur was the one that, uh, to not go off on a history tangent, but Pasteur was the one that figured out, you know, this is the kind of yeast, this is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. But before that, going back almost 7,000 years to the ancient Egyptians, we have the advent of yeast-risen bread in sourdough. Sourdough would have been the bread that everyone in the ancient world knew. That was the only leavening agent. In fact, you mentioned matzah. The reason that they couldn't leaven the bread is they left their sourdough starters back where they started in Egypt.
1: No, it's because they were chased and they didn't have time to let the bread leaven so they'd eat it as was you have to learn your old testament mark i'm surprised
0: well that's one way that's uh that's one version of the story what am i eating all this matzo ball soup for if that's not how it happens i don't know is. why are you lighting candles for eight days because the, it why was a am miracle. i eating why am i eating chocolate eggs uh four weeks after i stopped having chocolate for 40 days <laughs> why do we do any of this stuff Manishana. That's what we say in Hebrew.
1: Yes. So it's sourdough. Are you a sourdough fan? I do. I love sourdough. Yeah. It's got a great flavor to it that when it's made well, it's not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like it makes great toast. It's great. as just a slice of it. Like just a slice. You can eat it cold and be fine. Yeah. It can go savory or sweet. It can go savory or a little bit sweet. I love it. You can hollow it out and turn it into a bowl famously as they oh, do. yeah. As they do in San Francisco and at every Panera ever. Yeah. And it's cool to think that you can have a sourdough starter. You have this bacteria, basically, that you can trace back. There's a restaurant that's been using the same sourdough or cultures of the same sourdough for over a century.
0: Yeah. There's a California college professor Mm -hmm. that I was listening to this afternoon who talked about his sourdough that he got from a friend. And he traced just this is just this isn't wasn't given to him as specifically an ancient sourdough, but he just traced it back to see if he could. And he traced it back to the gold rush, 1849, he traced this uh, one particular sourdough back to. There is actually a Greek Orthodox church in Europe that claims that the bread that they use for their Eucharist Mm -hmm. is from a sourdough starter from the Apostle Paul. Which, could you, I mean, to keep that little ecosystem alive for you know factor fiction centuries the idea and centuries, yeah, the idea of some of these sourdough starters being centuries and centuries millennia old. millennia yeah. old Yeah, it's, that's it's a, so cool it, to me like the i the idea of sourdough and the history involved mixed with the the flavor of sourdough, the versatility of sourdough, I am a huge, huge sourdough proponent,
1: yeah, and there's something artistic to it too, to how you you have to score. The bread, but you can score it in such a way that there's a design on the loaf. That's kind of cool. Oh yeah, you can do that with any loaf of bread, really. You can turn any loaf of bread into a piece of art. Doesn't have to be sourdough. Yeah, but I do love a sourdough bread, and it it does not require. I mean, it requires something in that you have to have a sourdough starter. What it doesn't require is a loaf pan. Right. You don't have to bake it into. In fact, it's better if you don't. It's better if you have like a. You basically bake it as a mound.
0: Yeah. Well, let's crack into that then, because I think mm-hmm. this is another, along with, uh, whatever your leavening agent is going to be. I think that we need to determine whether our best bread is a pan-based bread or a hearth-based bread. Pan breads being most breads that you'd see for sandwiches, white bread, whole wheat bread, multi-grain bread, rye breads, uh, which are usually, you know, Jewish rye, which is lighter rye, uh, or mick rye flour mixed with, uh, wheat flour. So there's gluten in it. But you've also got hearth breads, which are made not in a pan on a flat surface, frequently the floor of the oven in a steamier environment. And that's your that's a lot of your European, you know, your French breads, your ciabattas and focaccia or maybe focaccia is in a pan ciabattas. But anything that's in that, you know, round or long or any shape that doesn't look like it was made in a loaf
1: i would also argue so i'm yawning <laughs> why are, are these are, long here? are these boring you are bread no, no no you no. Know? i just we've been recording later at night and yeah. and baby gets tired how do you think ken feels he's three hours ahead of us ken doesn't sleep he's like a vampire
0: that's fair i've been I, on twitch I, late I, at night
1: <laughs> what no what i was going to say is rye bread is better as a hearth bread than a loaf bread if oh you, you think go to a good deli Cause mm-hmm. you want that crust, you want that crusty, that really hard shell exterior. It makes a better crust. Now mm-hmm. I don't like rye seeds. I like a seedless rye bread, but okay. I, I want it cooked that way. Cause otherwise it just, it's just like a pale imitation to me of rye bread. It's like yeah. rye bread masquerading as white bread or wheat bread. Yeah. And I grew up going to delis where it was baked as a mound, as a hearth bread. And then you got slices the cool thing about that and the sourdough too is when you slice it you start with a little heel and then mm-hmm. it slowly gets bigger until you can make the biggest possible sandwich and then you're on the downslope again and the sandwiches get smaller and smaller <laughs> but it also a i I would say a seedless rye bread is also really good it's a great sandwich bread it really toasts well too
0: do you like your ryes darker
1: or lighter uh as long as they're as long as it's got that shell i'm I'm a little bit agnostic as to whether it's darker or lighter. I do like a little bit of sponginess, mm-hmm. I guess. I like the crust to be firm but flaky rather than a shell. I think if I have to work to chew through it, then that to me is not – I don't enjoy that sensation,
0: that eating yeah. experience. What about you? I tend to love rye bread. I like – I love the caraway seeds. If I'm having rye bread, I want the works. I want the caraway seeds. I want marble rye. I love a marble rye. You know, I like that sort of deeper, darker, nuttier taste. I would argue, I look, you do a thing that I love where you look on the positive side of things, because I would never have guessed that slicing a hearth bread Mm -hmm. would be a net positive in the inconsistency of the size of the sandwich. For me, if I'm making a sandwich, I want a utility bread. I want a loaf bread. I want every slice to be the same size. I want to be able to know that my sandwiches are consistent across the board. I don't, I don't necessarily love, I do love the artisanal nature at a restaurant. It's always accompanied by some sort of field green salad mm-hmm. where a hearth bread is made into a sandwich that is impossibly and pointlessly long, which also leads me to go, what do you guys do with the rest of that loaf of bread? Because every time a hearth bread based sandwich comes out in a restaurant, it's all middle pieces.
1: Yes, they, I, I, who knows what they do with the other? You can make croutons with it. But to me, for hearth bread, the first little nub is like a snack.
2: Yeah, it's
0: for good for, uh, snack. it's good for charcuterie. Yeah. A little corner.
1: Or just to like charcuterie, yes, but also just like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to have the little, let's have the little heel. Just
0: put a little, good. see, I don't go straight dry. I got to put a little carry gold on there. Okay. Got to go with a little carry gold. That's fine. I get it. I'm sort of an anomaly when it comes to bread.
2: Yeah.
1: Although if I'm toasting it, 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 I I have to put butter on it. Yeah, I love butter on, on on both a rye and a sourdough. Now a marble, which is rye and pumpernickel. Hmm. I I don't care. Pumpernickel bread is fine. Is pumpernickel
0: a kind of rye? No, uh, no, I don't think so. Well, you're gonna look it up. Of course I am. Come on. I think it stands for like devil's
1: farts. That's what pumpernickel means. I'm sorry. What? Pumpernickel means devil's farts, I believe.
0: In German. No. Look it up. Tell me. It is uh pumpernickel bread is raw. Is, uh, it is usually... a rye, ra- yes. Okay, then it is a rye bread. But it's it usually is... made with rye, but it's uh but it's made with something else. Oh, there's a specific kind of flour called pumpernickel flour. Pumpernickel flour. And then the the translation of pumpernickel is Hold on, now I gotta look it up.
2: Now
1: I look that up. This is part of it. We're putting the live research in so you can hear. This is your opportunity. Ken does not have to edit this out.
0: Wow. This part of it. you. Hal, Hal. I apologize. Pumpernickel translates to the devil's fart. Correct. Why does pumpernickel bread smell good and yet get the name the devil's fart? Because if I was going to think of something that smelled the worst possible way, I would maybe describe it as smelling like the devil's fart. I would say
1: the devil is...
0: That makes sense,
1: but Mm -hmm. I would say the devil is crafty. The devil's always trying to lure people in.
0: That's true. The devil could make his farts smell great yeah, to suck you into his farts. Yeah. Oh, my farts smell like bread. Aren't I great? Don't you want to hang out? Sign this. Wait, why am I signing this? All I'm doing is smelling your delightful bread farts. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Legally binding. Oh, no.
0: Well, all right. It does smell delicious. Now, if I just Oh if I'm just typing MG, does that count as does DocuSigning count as signing a, a initial and sign? Do I have to do I have to change the color of the font to red first so it's like blood? Hmm.
2: Okay, I never thought of that. <laughs> Keep smelling.
0: <laughs> oh, I just can't I can't be mad at you, devil, with all these delicious <laughs> pumpernickel farts that you're dropping. I'm such a scamp.
1: Yeah, pumpernickel bread is fine. Yeah. It just it feels specific. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. But it's like, yeah, it's a, it's fine as a sandwich bread. I don't think it's a great toast. No. I think it's, I think it's more limited in scope than a rye or a sourdough. And like my favorite bread as like a treat mm-hmm. is the same way. What's your favorite
0: treat bread? I love cinnamon raisin bread. Oh, sure. It's I wonderful. I bread. had it, uh, I used to make PB&Js with it when I was a kid. Yeah, so you can make a PB
1: and you can get away with making a PB and J with it. Oh, yeah, it's a decent French toast. It's a great toast and just as a like a warm bread on its own. However, Mm -hmm. it is not as useful in a variety of ways as 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 a more standard bread is. And I think the flexibility of all the different ways that the bread can be used has to count for something.
0: Yeah, well, it's more of a specialty kind of loaf bread. Loaf bread's being, or like pan bread, I mean. Pan bread's being the utility bread Mm -hmm. that you're going to make most of your sandwiches with, that you're going to see the long plastic wrapped Wonder Bread. That is a pan bread with a very rectangular uniform slice. Whatever you do inside, you know, what happens in the pan stays in the pan. You can go cinnamon and raisin crazy on that, but it's still going to maintain that size and shape. Is there a pan bread in particular that you're a fan of more than uh, others? I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for good old white bread. Yeah. It's great for a grilled cheese. It's great for a uh, PB&J. Great for a French toast. I like a brioche for French toast. Oh, yeah. I like a bigger, fancier bread. Or challah. Challah's a type of bread. That's a hearth bread. I mean, that's... Challah's a great hearth bread. I think... You know what? Let's do this. Yeah. Let's take a little tour around the world. Okay. Wait, no. Before we do that. Let's take a little tour to the break. How about that? Let's take. How about we take a little tour to the second I said, let's take a little tour around the world. Ding. Time for an ad break pops up on my screen. So let's take a quick break. You can find out about some of the other wonderful shows on the Maximum Fun Network, our brother and sister and sibling shows that we love. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, did grad school ruin your reading habits? Oh my
2: God, all those books you had to read for grad school.
1: Did becoming a parent destroy your ability to focus on a book? Did the pandemic tank the number of novels you can get through in a year? Ugh, that happened to everyone, and we're Reading Glasses, and we're here to help. We'll get you out of a book slump, dismantle all that weird reader guilt. Which we
2: know you have a lot of, but most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun.
0: Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. <laughs> It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun, where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or
2: the idea of rain. <laughs> <laughs> can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely so. you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about
1: pumpernickel bread.
0: You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave. And we're back. Let's take a little tour around the world. Shall now we? Yeah, we can do it. Sure. I think there are some international breads worth mentioning. You mentioned challah mm-hmm. and brioche being two of them. One from France, one from the Middle East. I mean, is it is it specifically Israeli as challah, or I mean, is it's, it it's a or is it a European bread that part of, is part that of is of European it's, Jews? It's
1: baked around the world. Gotcha. Make the world round. Yes.
0: You've got some fantastic flatbreads in uh the Middle East. You've got pita, za'atar, lavash. Mm-hmm. You've got naan in India. Yes. Some really fantastic flatbreads out there. I do love a pita pocket sandwich. You have that that Egyptian one that puffs up real big. I cannot remember the name of it, but it's Egyptians eat more bread than any other country in the world. I found mm-hmm. that out also. But and then in Europe you have ciabatta and uh, focaccia in italy you've got pretzels from germany yep, you've got baguette. you've got the baguette from france you've got the croissant from austria yeah wait hold Picked on the pretzels thing. are not bread pretzels are that was see this is what i was going to ask they are their own food are pretzels bagels and pizza crust counted in this episode absolutely not okay well that's good to know
1: yeah. I mean, you can make a pretzel bun, but really what you're doing is taking the properties of a pretzel and applying it to bread. You don't get a pretzel, like a big Bavarian pretzel or mm-hmm. even a Philly pretzel. Let's, for the sake of argument, you have a, cause you really, it has to be soft, right? Yeah. So let's go with the most well-known soft pretzel, the figure eight in Philadelphia or a big Bavarian. Either way, you would have to slice it. Lengthwise. I heard you sneak that in there. <laughs> you would have to slice it lengthwise. To open it up to make a sandwich. Yeah. Like it would be, it's one of those things that like Guy Fieri would be like, I found a place in Jersey that's turning pretzels on their ear.
0: Dude, did you see where Guy Fieri was last night? No, was he in my home? Yeah, he was in your home because Guy Fieri was at Largo at the coronet. What was home he doing of the there? Thrilling adventure hour. I don't know. Liesl, the photographer, posted it on Instagram today, and I, it was such a weird thing seeing our backstage that we've known for so many years, and boom, the mayor of Flavortown's Town's there. Which room was he in? He was in the hallway. Okay,
1: closer yeah. to our room or closer to the other room?
0: You sound nervous, Hal. Do you think? It no, was, I'm just uh...
1: curious. I'm trying to picture it. <laughs> or is he doing like the classic picture where?
0: He's doing like, a classic picture where
1: you yeah, stand like gri- in the hallway up on the stage, taking the picture. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Uh, and he's in the hall. Yeah. All right. But yeah, anyway. Okay. I think, yes, I think you're right in that our best bread is going to be a bread that you can make a sandwich out of. Right. Or a bowl of soup out of. Yes. All right. Now you can make a sandwich out of a good New York bagel though. Right. But bagels are their own.
1: That's th- that they are their own beast unto themselves as are like, Buns, rolls, Mm -hmm. buns, rolls, and biscuits. I would put that like buns, rolls, and biscuits, bagels, cakes, and loaves. Buns, rolls, biscuits, (laughs) cakes. (laughs) Like monkey bread has the
0: word bread in it, but it's a dessert treat. No, forget it. You said it, monkey bread. That's our winner. That's the winner. Just sticky little bits of delicious that look like the world's worst for you cauliflower, but most delicious. And you just pop those little bites off. Oh, Oh, I love me some monkey bread. We love monkey bread. Yeah. But yes, I think it's going to be a bread that you can make a sandwich out of, which brings us back to, Mm. and I think it's tough. I don't know that the sandwich factor of a hearth bread, I think that the sandwich factor of a pan bread is higher than the sandwich factor of a hearth bread. Even though I think that hearth breads are objectively better because you get that crunchy outside, you get that chewy inside.
1: I mean, they're, they are the standard because we have figured yeah. out a way to standardize the bread making process. Yeah. So in that way, the pan slash loaf bread can be seen as a technological advance over the hearth bread. Hey, we figured yeah. out how to make it uniform. So you don't have to have, if you're making sandwiches for six people, they can all be the same size. Yeah. And for a restaurant, that's really handy, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, for for restaurants that still serve hearth breads, I believe what they do is the bigger slices are, you know, they're making more loaves than a household would. Right. The middles and there there is enough meat in the middle of a bread of the bread, enough substance there to make several sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And the smaller pieces are when you get a side of rye bread because it's served like with your soup.
0: So are we are we talking then? Are we talking about sandwiches made with sliced bread? Or because a hoagie roll is also a hearth bread in which you're not using slices, you're using the entire loaf itself sliced lengthwise as the medium for the sandwich, which makes it, I would argue, kind of a perfect sandwich bread. I'm a ciabatta as sandwich bread person, and you're not using slices of ciabatta, you're using the whole loaf or roll of ciabatta.
1: Sure, Kaiser rolls are the same thing.
0: Yeah. But to
1: me, that's... The purpose of a hoagie roll is to be used as a sandwich. Like if you take a baguette, mm-hmm. you can cut the smaller pieces for charcuterie or even to make tinier sandwiches, or you can cut it lengthwise and make a sandwich that way. A hoagie roll's existence is the mm-hmm. same as a hot dog roll or a hamburger roll. They exist only to be a sandwich. And that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. No, I I would think the with best that.
1: bread, it wouldn't be one of those.
0: No, but it would be their great grandfather potentially, which I would argue is the baguette. A perfectly executed French baguette becomes a medium for a sandwich. It becomes discs that go in a soup or become croutons. It's incredibly versatile. I don't love it. Why? I, I do love the bread.
1: I don't love it as the best bread. Why not? Because I think you can bake a lot of you could bake a sourdough roll so that it's not around you can bake it into a more cylindrical shape you can do that with that's what they do with rye breads when they're baked in the hearth is they're shaped like Mm -hmm. sankara stones so you get a lot of sandwich out of it. it's not like yeah and if you put three of
0: them together you can rip someone's heart right out of their chest
1: well if you get two of them together they start glowing
0: yeah it's amazing
1: it's hard to hold on to them (laughs) burn through a bag if you start saying you
0: betrayed shiva Kali ma, sudden, day. Yeah. I would posit that at this point, our best bread is going to be a hearth bread that is still useful as a sandwich bread. Would you say that that's probably the case?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think all hearth breads can be sandwich
0: breads. I don't think that narrows it, is what I'm saying. Of course it narrows it. It takes half the breads out of it. It takes all of those rye loaves. It takes white bread out. It takes what? classic. Because loaves?
1: those are all, those are oh, all you're pan breads. All the pan breads.
0: What you're positing here
1: is that the winner should be yes. a hearth bread, not
0: a pan bread. I'm positing that the winner should be a hearth bread for the crusty exterior to chewy interior ratio and sure. combination of, you know, just more interesting. I'll go for that. But it's also got to be something that's useful as a sandwich, whether or not that sandwich is made by cutting an individual loaf down the middle or by cutting slices to, say, a big round hearth bread. Like some of the best grilled cheese sandwiches I've had are from sourdough that are a round loaf of sourdough that just becomes crazy long oblong grilled cheese sandwich. Sure. That's I mean, the grocery sandwich that's not going to just be a slice of American cheese. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a three cheese blend with some tomato or uh, some applewood smoked bacon, something crazy going on in there. Woo, now I'm hungry.
1: And basically you cut it in half. Mm-hmm. You cut that sandwich in half. You have two sandwiches. Yeah. Because you don't have to eat it. You don't have to hold it as a big, like two flip flops that you use to make a sandwich.
0: Hal, you know what? If we decide you do on this show, then everybody has to now. You have to carry around. Oh, oh yeah. I love that power! Forget right? You forget that power that we have. Yeah, it's this. We can do this. We can make everybody carry around their flip flops like Jimmy Buffett blowing it out on the way back to Margaritaville. I don't want to think about Jimmy Buffett blowing it out on a food episode. I don't know why you would bring that up.
1: <laughs> I don't even know why. So uh, if if we're gonna pick a hearth bread, which I'm comfortable with,
2: yeah. Oh. <sighs>
1: And I know there are a lot of breads we haven't mentioned, and that's because they suck. No, now, I know it's g- not. I'm just kidding. It's not that your bread sucks. Yeah. But what, like look, a subway roll, like there are plenty of places that have, subway rolls are made out of yoga mats. That's right. They take yoga mats, they chop them up, blend them. And
0: then now, pour what was them the, in the mold. there's like a chemical that's found in yoga mats was also found in subway uh, bread, right?
1: Yeah. There is no bread on earth that you would eat and go like, this doesn't feel natural. Yeah. But still. It's good. We enjoy the taste of it. Sure, it serves its purpose well. The white, the wheat is good. The white is good. I'm sure the jalapenos fine. I'm not. I don't go in. I like the jalapeno flavoring. I don't like eating
0: jalapenos. Yeah, I do like a hearth bread with something baked on top though. Yeah, subway rolls, hearth breads, like you know, like a little Asiago cheese. They're baked in molds. Oh, are they? Oh, that yeah, because they
1: have to be uniform.
0: Yeah. You can't just so it's a, so it's not a hearth bread. It's a pan bread disguising it pan itself bread. as a hearth bread. Yes. Oh, you diabolical! I would
1: I would say probably a lot of rolls, a lot of longer rolls like that, including my favorite Amoroso in Philly. Like that's my yeah. that's how in Philadelphia. That's a big way we judge the cheesesteaks we like is what rolls they use, <laughs> and a lot of people love Amoroso. I would be shocked if they didn't use molds in the baking process because you have an expectation of how long they're supposed to be. You have to send them a certain yeah. length and then you cut them in three and then you have three sandwiches.
0: Yeah. So- you buy a foot long sub at subway. And as TikTok has shown us, most foot longs at subway are between 10 and a half and 11 inches long. It's just a big lie. Yeah. The big lie of subway. Mm-hmm. All right. I will posit a thought and you tell me what you think. Go ahead. I I'll think based on our conversation yes, and based on what we know now, Yes, of what we deem to be the qualifying factors for the best bread. I will throw out a few choices that we've talked about and maybe one or two personal favorites might seem. Okay.
1: You just right. want to mention, this is like you're in memoriam because we both know what the answer is. No, this is my, we're trying to make a Mount Rushmore and then blast three of the heads off. Okay. I think I know what the answer, I, I think I know what both of us believe the best one to be, but yes. you're, you're throwing me for a loop here. Do you have one in your mind already? You don't have to say what it is.
0: I have a couple in mind, actually.
1: But if I said right now, all right, Mark, this is it. Just tell me right now from your heart and your head, what is the best bread? You would be able to answer that, correct?
0: Mm -hmm. Pretty easily. You wouldn't. Uh, I would would be I would be hemming and hawing, actually. I'd be hemming and hawing about just between these three. But I think that I think there is one that is rising to the surface. All right. Because, Uh you know, my tendencies. You probably know what I'm thinking of. All right. But I will say that the ones that are rising to the surface now are a ciabatta roll. Okay. A
2: baguette. Okay. And a sourdough hearth round. I have to... uh, Yeah, I mean, ciabatta's okay. Ciabatta's a little thin
1: for me as a bread... I'll be honest. I love a ciabatta. It's super airy. It's a little, uh, yeah, it's. And it really only exists to be, it, it, it doesn't exist to be sliced to me. It's, to me, it's a roll. Ciabatta is a roll that you put, that you use to make sandwiches. And it's a
0: very good roll for sandwiches. <laughs> it's because it's great, great on the else. outside. It's great on the outside. Yeah. It's structurally perfect on the outside sure. and barely there on the inside. So whatever is on the inside becomes the star. But it, you're right. I think if you tried to slice ciabatta, you would wind up with uh bread rings. Yeah, you would have. You, it would be a mess. Yeah. I think for that
1: reason, and I love it too. I mm-hmm. definitely love it first. Like it is a great sandwich bread. Hmm. But to me, I would classify it with a roll. Yeah, I would classify now, it with with the rolls. I would not personally put. If you would like to put it on Mount Rushmore, we can put it on Mount Rushmore. But I don't think it stands a chance of winning.
0: All right, I'm going to throw out one more thought. Go ahead. I'm wondering if of the two remaining in that list, this Mount Rushmore only has three heads on it, by the way, because we're taking Jefferson off. If the two that we have left
2: are combined into one, then I think we might have the perfect bread.
0: I do not think that the shape of a sourdough round, I disagree with you that that is a, the best slicing size. No, but you can make a sankara
1: stone out of it. I would rather do that than a baguette because a baguette is too long and thin.
0: Well, I wouldn't say, I'm not talking like the baguette sticking out of a paper bag in a rom-com. I'm talking about like a short, you know, you can cut it into three sections to get three sandwiches, you know, but what about a sourdough baguette? Yeah. You are, you're, you're dead set on the round. I think it's a sourdough loaf and I think it's a loaf that's cooked on the hearth. I really I think, do. I I do think it's a hearth-based sourdough loaf, but I think it is an oblong hearth-based sourdough loaf rather than yeah. a round sourdough loaf. But
1: we're talking about Sankara stone. When I, when I say
0: baguette. I don't know what you mean when you say longer, Sankara thinner. stone. Here, let me, uh, you don't remember the Sankara. You remember how they Of were course shaped? I remember the Sankara stones, but they're, they're sh- like, they're shaped like eggs. They're like big
1: eggs. No, they're shaped like potatoes more than anything. they right, like Yeah. Longer tubes yeah. that are rounded on the ends. But I
0: don't know. I that don't is, know if i have had the, a sourdough that loaf. That is the that- shape.
1: You can make a loaf like that. Absolutely. You can. And you should. (laughs) So, furthermore, (laughs) if you want to make sandwiches, I mean, look, if you just want to enjoy slices of indeterminate size, then make your round. And a lot of people do. Yeah. And there's a lot more. I think we're overselling how uneven it doesn't take long to get to the point where you're having pretty large sandwich slices. And it's okay if one's a little bit smaller than the other. You're not, we're
0: not, the round is difficult though. I think it's, I think oblong, we're good. Yeah.
1: Oblong, yeah. but not baguette. Baguette too thin, round too round, yeah. oblong, perfect.
0: Oblong is, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think one of those like, you know, three foot long baguettes that you see in the grocery store while expertly crafted. I guess I'm thinking of when I think of a baguette, I think of a mini baguette, which is roughly the size of a subway sandwich. Yeah.
1: And that to me is still the same. It's the same thing. It's not a longer version, but it's still, I'm not going to cut it this way unless I'm putting it on on like a cheese and yeah. meat plate. Yeah. So sourdough, I can cut the slices, I can cut hunks out of it and just heat it and and eat it that way. Mm-hmm. I can cut slices with which I can make a sandwich. It's also good as french toast. Which baguette, it's there's just not enough size in a baguette
0: for it to I, be as flexible. That I also that's think yeah. Issue. I also think some of the we're getting closer to one another I think in the baguette that we are picturing because I think you've been picturing the long skinny well, the, you've been, you've been thinking of this long, skinny, like the long, super skinny baguettes, right? That's, that's what a baguette is. Of. Yes. I'm thinking of mini baguettes, which you would see sliced in half lengthwise to have a sandwich inside. Yeah.
1: That's still a baguette. It's just, you just, you would have to glue them together to make long skinny, but that's still skinny. I don't want glue in my bread. It's the skinniness. You to have then, glue in your bread, yeah. young man. Cause it's good I know for you. what,
0: what is this subway? I don't want glue in my bread. There's already are, yoga matter. We are in it. putting ground up horse feet.
1: <laughs> and using that to to fuse the bread together, you're going to eat it, young man. You know what
0: to grow up strong.
2: Oh, oof.
0: I do think that shape aside, though. One last thing on shape, I think you're right in that that uh, one other element of that skinny baguette is that it gets those little peaks. It gets those little peaks and valleys that get super, super crunchy and can hurt your mouth. Yes, I think though that we are in absolute agreement that it is not only for the history of it all, but for the flavor as well. Let me say that again. Not only for the flavor of it, but for the history of it as well. And the fact that it goes back to the very beginnings of leavened bread. It requires an ecosystem to be moved forward through time in perpetuity as all humanity is. And it just has that tangy taste. I think that you're absolutely right in that it is a sourdough. I think that the texture mix that we get from a hearth bread means it's got to be a sourdough hearth bread. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, oblong is the shape to go with. Well,
1: people of the world, every
0: time you go to Fisherman's Wharf
1: and somebody scoops out some sourdough bread and serves soup in it, every time you have a grilled cheese or a French toast, or just a deli sandwich with I'm sourdough so bread. Hungry
2: right now.
1: Not only are you biting into literal history, <sighs> an actual connection to the past, but you're biting into the best bread asked and answered.
0: Hell, I'm so hungry. I'm hungry too. I want some bread or some spaghetti like you had last time. I want Taco Bell.
2: <laughs> Hang on a
0: second. We were talking about tacos. I know, but I was thinking about Taco Bell. I've been thinking How about did Taco you? Bell the whole time. Did you check out in this episode, too? And start thinking about tacos? I checked
1: out in 2017. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not you. It's me. It's me. It's the journey I'm on. It has nothing to do with
0: you. Hey, man. But
1: I also want to thank YDub, who submitted this one a very long time ago. I think long enough ago that it was on Reddit. Wow. 38 suggested this. So thank you, YDub38. Even though we're not active on Reddit anymore, We did have the suggestion, and we did get to it. So please, everybody,
0: keep sending your ideas in. Yes, please. That topic is closed, but there are so many more to discuss that we haven't even looked at yet, that you haven't even written to us yet. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or email them to us at We Got This Podcast
1: at gmail.com. But the best place to do it because you'll get an instant answer from other people of the world is our Facebook group. The conversation can start there and then we'll end it on this podcast because we are conversation killers. That's <laughs> facebook.com slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who has his own wonderful show called A Bit of a Chat with Ken Plume, where you can hear him having fun conversations and conducting interviews with many pop culture luminaries. And both Mark and I have been on there several times. So that's true. You can start there or start with your favorite celebrity that Kenneth talked to. And there is a lengthy, lengthy list. Please check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you also to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Eric Kelman and QA engineer Jen
0: Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you the people of the world for giving Hal and I a chance to, for me to get passionate about bread and for Hal to check out, apparently. <laughs> no, it gives you give us a chance to sit down with each other every week. It's so rare to have one of your dearest friends that you can sit down with and talk to about important stuff like this for an hour a week. And we get to do that. And it's thanks to you. So, yes, you are the reason that we get to do this. We would not talk to each other otherwise. Nope. Yeah. Never. So this is all about you, the people of the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We we got got this. this. We
2: got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.